Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ich warte seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's sein Rhythmus, als gäb sein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen. Hallo und willkommen zu Gegenpressing, der Bundesliga-Podcast. Ein Manu Feit, hier ist Stefan Bienkowski und Stefan. Um, this is the first non-paywall show of the 2023-2024 season. Um, when I read out those dates, I feel like a science fiction movie. I'm young enough to remember when dates like 2023 and 2024 were out of Blade Runner or some other science fiction movie that I watched at the time. Um, <laughs> but here we are, back to the future. Um, how is it going? How are you doing? I mean, this is... The first chance of yours to, for everyone who's not a subscriber to the Substack, to find out what you have been up to all summer long. Yeah, I guess everyone thought in 2023 we'd have killer robots, but instead we just have Saudi Arabia buying everyone's football players. Um, <laughs> I guess in that context, it's not so bad. Um, yeah, I'm doing very well, mate. Uh, I completely agree. It's a bit weird kind of having to do these hellos because we've obviously been doing the subscriber shows through the summer. A big thank you to everyone who did sign up. By the way, we did see a nice bump in people uh, take their subscriptions. We appreciate it. Um, and yeah, we're back. It's it, it, it feels like I've kind of gone back to my hometown and I'm catching up with old friends that I haven't seen in a while because, you know, you have to kind of think, well, what have I been up to? What, what have I not talked about? Or what have I not, you know, what do you not know? But um, yeah, I mean, I've actually done very little compared to you. The, probably the most kind of um, exciting thing I've done is climb a few hills, gone to a few weddings. I'm babysitting my brother's dog at the moment, but you're the one who's been jet-setting across North America to intercept just about every german club that crosses the atlantic i that, that's i feel like that's my job um you know go to random mls games and um intercept bundesliga teams in north america during my summer um so yes i've been chatting around and those who are subscribers ha have been able to follow that content as well right because we covered that uh, in in great extent but yeah other than that i mean i'm actually in munich right now um just in time for the Harry Kane news. So if you're curious about that, we did a full bonus show behind the paywall for, for that. So if you haven't subscribed yet, tons of content that uh, in that direction. But other, yeah, I haven't been, I don't know. I feel like because we, the last few years, we always took the summer off for this podcast. But now that we have this newsletter, this was like the first year where we actually just steamed ahead and did shows every, every week, regardless of match day or not. I feel like, the summer was kind of just every day during the season for me, Stefan. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I guess it's kind of the problem with being a sports journalist. You don't really get a break in the summer anymore because it's so crazy and it's just as it's actually busier actually than uh, the actual football seasons, you know, in terms of like web traffic and stuff. <laughs> Our web traffic tends to peak in the summer, not dip. Um, so I'll be taking my holidays actually at the end of this month just when the season's begun, which is just shows the kind of roundabout way which things happen nowadays I suppose but uh, yeah I'm really looking forward to the return of the German football in particular obviously some of the other leagues have kind of came back English football kind of returned last weekend so did Scottish football um, 
and yeah, it's 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 an absolute blockbuster game. I think between two clubs who I think we can probably agree are in a kind of state of flux at the moment and still trying to kind of cobble together squads for the new season. Yeah, absolutely. And we we have a lot to discuss about this game. So Stefan, let's jump into it right after this break. This episode of the Gegenpressing Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wages, including live betting and your favorite casino card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. So yeah, Stefan, um, the Super Cup, the curtain raiser. Um, as you said, both these teams are still in heavy, heavy flux. Um, I, I remember before we started the show, we kind of tried to figure out um, what the lineups are going to look like. And I guess we don't really know um, what the lineups are going to look like because both these teams are far from being done with the transfer business. Do, do you want to start with the host or do you want to start with the guests? Leipzig or Bayern? Let's do Leipzig first since they're the, the guests and we can kind of conclude on Bayern, I think, because there's probably more to kind of speculate on this Leipzig team, I think. Yeah. Um, so Leipzig first, right? Okay. Um, that's a, I mean, I have a starting 11 here and, and full disclosure, I ripped this off from, from Kicker. Um, which is a great source, by the way. But um, you know they they're projecting quite a quite a big turnover from last year's Super Cup match. Um, Openda and Werner in in the attack. Gaum, of course, he didn't start last year. Hendricks on the right. Um, Schlager and Kampel in midfield. Those are all players that didn't start for Leipzig in the Super Cup last year. I mean, the, the interesting thing about Leipzig is I think that they had quite a big turnover. Guardiola is gone. Soboslai is gone. Right. And Kunku, of course, also gone. Um, but we both looked at the starting 11 or potential starting 11 and the, the fact that, you know, with Openda, there is already a new signing that could make its way into this 11. This actually looks like still a very good team. Yeah, it does. You know, you kind of look at, I mean, I don't know if you actually read, we've actually read it out yet, but we can kind of read out what, um, kicker wreck in the Leipzig uh, start 11 will be um, um, you know Blasvig, Henriks, Simakan Orban, David Raum, Schlager Campo, Forsberg, Dariomo Ferner and Openda which yeah you're absolutely right like man for man that's no different from the team well it's obviously different but I mean like in terms of overall quality it's probably not much different from you know how good they were last season I think the issue comes from the fact that we're talking about real life here and not, you know, a FIFA video game. And, you know, in the sense that, you know, it's it's all well and good to replace one player with another. You know, they could be the same profile, sometimes even the same kind of language or nation or, you know, whatever else potential. But I, I just feel like there's such a, there's been such a huge turnover at Leipzig this summer that you have to kind of wonder if that's going to have a kind of, concerning impact on 
how quickly Marco Rosa can get his team kind of ticking. You know, we talked a lot about over the course of last season in terms of how, you know, he came in, he turned that Leipzig team around, and once they kind of figured out how to play together, and once they kind of locked into a system, they were really good, you know, and we saw them kind of pick up some big scallops in the Champions League. And, you know, I kind of wrote a piece um, at the end of the season on, you know, whether Leipzig could have or perhaps should have been challenging for the title under Rosa, because if you look at the points won since he came in, I think that he actually... He finished the season with more points than you know any manager, if that makes any sense, from the point of him joining Leipzig. So he certainly knows how to build a team. He knows how to build a system, um, and you know to get that team playing well. But there's just so many moving parts this this season. You know the players that they brought in so far this season: Openda, Baumgartner, Sesko, Sival, Bisiabu, who they absolutely butchered. Our apologies there from PSG. Uh, and that's just the players that they've signed. And of course, the big players they've moved on, Guardiol, Schobischlein, Nkunku, um, Alexander Sorloth, God knows how they're going to get on without him. Um, and then obviously guys like Angelino and Halstenberg and stuff have also moved on, Conrad Leimer. Um, and I mean, I guess the good thing about having a game like a Super Cup is that this is almost kind of like the test rehearsal, isn't it, to an extent? It's, a, it's, it's, it's bigger than a friendly uh, but not quite to the extent that if they lose it like 5-2 or something, no one's really going to care to a large extent um, because it's just a super cup to a large extent. I'm not trying to belittle it because I know you're going and it's definitely a big game, but it's it's also a game that I think they can probably experiment a bit in and I'd be interested to see what they do. I mean, Kicker's predicted lineup is I think is very conservative to be honest with you. Um, you know, I think we'll probably see far more of the kind of players who've joined the club kind of get some game time. Um, for example, Seval, for example, I think he'd probably start to some extent. But um, yeah, I guess we kind of have to wait and see. But I don't know. I think I think if I had to kind of draw a conclusion as to how Leipzig have done this summer, I would say on paper they've done a good job of replacing the players who left. But this is kind of where Marco Rosa has to kind of earn, you know, his wages in the sense that he has to be able to put, he has to build that squad of players into a team. Yeah, I mean, there is, they, they aren't quite done yet, right? Lukiba looks like it's inching across the line. Uh, that's the Olympic Leo defender. I think we covered that last week. Um, or was it this week? Again, um, things things kind of all merge into one for me. But, um, you know, I actually thought it was really interesting. There was a report also in Kicker this week that uh, Marco Rosa is getting increasingly frustrated with Timo Werner. And I wonder if this is the sort of game where you give Timo Werner a warning shot, right? Um, frustration, of course, stems from his inability to convert chances, being an offside all the time, that sort of stuff. And I wonder if he, I mean, yeah, you laugh. <laughs> I'm, I'm, laugh I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, he lists offside. <laughs> I know, but I'm laughing at kicker suggesting that Marco Rosa is basing anything on like performances and friendly matches, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's an interest. But that's what these beat writers have to do, right? I mean, like. Well, exactly. That, it's they they go to practice sessions and they have to dissect every single minute. I, I used full disclosure. I used to be a beat writer, right? So um, I used to cover one team and one team in particular before you know I moved to other things. And like you, every little detail is like, oh, this player didn't get a normal practice with this player. I like you go to practice and nothing happens. You still have to write something about it. So like <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like. This guy had like a long talk with this other guy. That must mean this. Like it, these minute little things that you think matter nothing. You have to you have to cover them. So I get it. Um, 
and I, you're probably right. We shouldn't read in too much into the preseason, but you know, I would be wouldn't be surprised if Sesco starts over Verna, um, just to give give like just for Rose to sort of. And as you said, it is a, it is it is a curtain raiser for the Bundesliga. It is a big game. It is sold out. It's at the Allianz Arena, um, and with all that in mind, you know, it is it is a big fixture, but it is still also a glorified test match. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I'm really intrigued to see how these kind of teams get on. Um, you know, we've already seen Seville being kind of, kind of compared to the Conrad Lima replacement. He's kind of tried to push back on that in interviews he's given this summer. Um, but, I mean, that's going to be such a huge kind of task for him this summer this, or this season. There's already so much expectation being placed on him because, you know, Leipzig have brought in a lot of kind of forward players. They spend a lot of money on forward players, spend a lot of money on defenders, but it's kind of Seville in particular who's been kind of signed to kind of shore up the midfield. I mean, I know Bogdaner's also joined the club as well, so you know he'll also have a huge expectation as well. But it's it's going to be really interesting to see what happens here. I must admit because they've obviously brought in forward players, they brought in central midfielder and obviously two central midfielders. Um, and as you mentioned, they're both bringing a kind of guardial replacement. But the the one kind of position that I wonder uh, might trip up. Um, Leipzig a little bit is those kind of wide forward roles because you know they've obviously brought in two kind of wide forwards in Javi Simmons and Fabio Carvalho and I guess maybe Baumgartner can kind of help in there um, but it also kind of means that Bayer, Bayer, it also kind of means that Leipzig are still kind of relying on you know a degree of kind of older players in that team to kind of help in the sense that you know the Forsbergs as you mentioned Timo Werner but I think more than anyone else, it may be Daddy Olmo, who will be tasked with becoming a star now that Nkunku and Shobislai have moved on. And, you know, I, I, I just wonder how that's going to play out. Because if Daddy Olmo can't really turn it on this season, then Leipzig are essentially turning around to two young players who are on loan to kind of be those kind of playmaking inside forward goal machines that Nkunku and Shobislai were. And... I don't know, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, I think um, for Danny Olmo, Baumgartner is in the rearview rear rear mirror. Oh, tongue twister. Um, for him, right, in terms of he has to get on, and this is a, is a defining season for him. He did sign a new contract um, just before the, the German Cup final. And, you know, a, a lot of speculation that, that that contract is essentially just a mechanism for Leipzig to earn a lot of money um, come next summer when, when he's eligible to be sold, right? So, um, yeah, I, I think with Leipzig, I think there's, there's a lot of ifs and buts for this Leipzig side. Um, but you can kind of say the same about Bayern Munich, Stefan. Um, you know, by the time of recording... Full disclosure, we don't know whether or not Harry Kane has signed. Um, yeah, the reports about this are going back and forward. Um, so, you know, the kicker lineup is quite interesting with this. Uh, Ulreich is going to be in goal. Um, Davies on the left. They're projecting Kim to start over the Licht. Pavard, Masraoui. Pavard, of course, heavily linked with a move to Man United, right? Leimer is a new signing in and Kimmich. Um, Dennis Gnabry. Musiala, Koman, and then up front, Tell um, as the number nine. Um, and of course, his he, he'll be watching the developments that are going on with Harry Kane closely because I think his future um, could could take a turn um, depending on what's happening with the English forward. But 
you know, this is also a team that Kim is, of course, a big signing, right? Um, that is the center back that they needed. But this is a pretty unchanged team, and it does still like a, does still lack a, a true international world class right back as well, I feel. And a goalkeeper, of course, but, you know, we, we covered that earlier this week. Boom. Yeah, absolutely. The right-back position is going to be really interesting this summer because obviously it looks like Walker's now staying at, uh, at, at Manchester City. Pavard's been heavily linked with a move to Manchester United. He seems intent on leaving the club. Um, and that kind of leaves Bayern with just kind of Masrui there, doesn't it, to an extent? Um, and, I mean, I guess maybe Stanisic could fill in to an extent there, possibly, or if Bayern do kind of move to a 3-5-2, then... Maybe they can try and convert a couple of wingers. Not that any of them really seem intent on playing that role uh, long term. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And this is kind of what my newsletter was on this week. You know, a lot of it is kind of based on this Harry Kane thing. And as we record this show, there's now a huge amount of back and forth over this Kane thing. We've got Plettenberg saying now that Kane might not might decide to stay at Tottenham. So by the time this show comes out, we might know if he's actually coming or going. Uh, so bear with us while we kind of still speculate on that on here. Um. So it's um, I, but yeah, the point of my newsletter was that, and I get you know the funny thing is on the bonus show I said that's now a day, but if, if Kane now decides to stay at Tottenham, then it very much comes back into focus because the entire point of my newsletter was to say that Bayern has spent the entire summer trying to sign Harry Kane when they clearly have huge issues around the team. You know, obviously Kim has been a great signing or he would you'd expect him to go on to be a great signing concern how well he did uh, in Serie A but it doesn't really solve a number of the issues in this team um you know uh, I think the ones I mentioned on the um in the newsletter was obviously Emmanuel Neuer's the main one uh you know as we talk there's a lot of speculate, speculation over kind of goalkeepers um you know coming and going in terms of you know so the Chelsea goalkeeper that Bayern might pick up on loan uh, David De Gea has been linked as well but it's still a lot of kind of speculation at this point and of course there's a whole kind of number six situation for Bayern as well and it's interesting that a lot of kind of the general media are speculating that Conrad Limer is a kind of shoe-in for this game alongside Kimmich um, and it'll be really interesting to see what happens this season if that's kind of what Tuchel decides to go with going forward and very quickly Goretzka becomes a peripheral figure in this starting eleven because it's kind of been one of the main topic points this summer. He's been linked with the move to the Premier League as well. He's actually come out and said he doesn't want to go. Um, but, you know, whether he does or not might depend on whether Tuchel makes it clear that he's not going to be a starter. And, you know, I'm actually not entirely sure if Goretzka's maybe injured or unfit for the game, but the fact that Limer's a shoe-in start alongside Kimmich is maybe an indication to him that Tuchel doesn't have a lot of time for him this season. Um, so there's just... There is... There's, there's an interesting kind of um, dissonance uh, to this Bayern team in the sense that, you know, they've still got pockets of issues that you would think Bayern would have tried to solve about two months ago, um, and they just haven't been solved. Because even, even like the Pavard thing, for example, like, I guess Bayern have to wait and see if someone makes an offer for them for him, but... The idea of selling him in mid-August without another right-back on board. I know they've tried to sign Walker, but they should have had two or three other players um, you know, lined up if he didn't want to come. And it's 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 going to be a really weird one. And we might actually find ourselves in a situation where 
they do end up signing Harry Kane, but the overall squad itself is kind of diminished from maybe last season or maybe two or three seasons ago because the foundations of the squad are still quite, you know, wobbly, <laughs> for lack of a better term. <laughs> Um, yeah, I actually, I think the, the, there's good reason, um, why, um, Thomas Tuchel wants to keep Benjamin Pavard, right? Um, they, I, I did my, I did an article on it for Transfermarkt yesterday. Um, and, you know, he has played his majority of time as a, as a right back, but he doesn't want to play there. He, he likes to be a center back and, um, he has made that quite clear and Tuchel actually has played him I think the majority of time as a center back but then in key games against Man City and then of course in the in the um, final game of last year against Köln where they did win the Bundesliga title after all um, he was also playing as a right back which I think kind of gives you a pretty good indication of how Tuchel feels about Pavard as a right back and um, yeah anyways we're dwelling we're dwelling but, on other but, things but hold on though because that little 40 seconds of you explaining Pavard used to took us exactly why he wants to leave the club because every single Bayern manager has said, oh, well, he's actually quite handy to have around. But no no one has ever said, I'm going to build my squad around Benjamin Pavard and that's why he wants to move clubs. Um, yeah, because he wants but, to be a centre-back. Yeah, He wants to be yeah. a centre-back. And Man United are selling Maguire for $30 million. They're like, oh, there's this French guy who's won a World Cup and was uh, second with France uh, in the last World Cup and, you know, actually is quite good as a centre-back. We could sign him instead and his numbers are better than Maguire's as a centre-back. So, you know, you might as well. But, it's it, yeah, you, you're quite right. It's interesting that at Bayern, despite these good numbers, they uh, see him more of a player that can fill various roles. Um, yeah, and it's also maybe worth points there to anyone who doesn't subscribe. We did a on the bonus show as part of the kind of Harry Kane chat, we did talk about the way that Bayern's kind of transfer policy has shifted over the years. And, you know, it's worth going back and maybe listen to that if you're interested. But to kind of sum up, kind of suggested that Bayern have gone from being this more elaborate Bundesliga-based shopping club, if that makes any sense, or shopping in the Bundesliga, to having to resort to making bigger buys in the Serie A, La Liga, and Premier League um, because they basically can't outmaneuver um, Premier League clubs anymore and you know this right this right back fiasco is a good example of that where you know they maybe could have signed a couple or, or a decent right back from the Bundesliga once upon a time but they've now kind of resorted to maybe having to go for Kyle Walker who you know let's be honest isn't the youngest or most um, exciting prospect shall we say um, which maybe goes to show the kind of lack of depth in the scouting department in that regard so it's all very it's all, it's all very odd. There's still plenty of, you know, August to go, so, you know, by the time the Bundesliga kicks into full gear they might have this sorted. But going into the Super Cup game, um, you know, still a lot of question marks. Yeah. Well, and that's it. That's always the exciting thing about the Super Cup. I mean, I remember covering the Super Cup last year in Leipzig, same fixture but different home venue, right? And that was the weekend Timo Werner signed and David Raum. If I'm not mistaken, I remember, yeah, I was on the ground covering it off on the ground, right? I seem to have a knack of doing this sort of stuff, Stefan, whenever I'm in a city that that team seems to doing a, do a, a lot of big transfers. But, um, you know, that it kind of also shows you that, yes, it is the official start of the season, but really it's we're still, what, 10 days away. And 
teams really regard this 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 stage of the season as as a window and an opportunity to bring in new players. Um, of course, I think Leipzig are actually further down the road than Bayern, other than the centre back. At Bayern, it just feels like there's a lot of missing pieces still, and so. What we're going to see on Saturday, even if they do sign Harry Kane, um, or let's say even if Harry Kane does agree to join Bayern Munich, then um, this is still far from the finished product. And so for Bayern fans, I think you will look at this team and say, okay, well, there's some exciting stuff here. There's Lima is there, Kim is there. Uh, but there's still question marks about that, that back line, that goalkeeper, um, where Bayern are now competing with, uh, was it Real Madrid over Keeper? Um, I mean, that is... It, I, I find it personally a hilarious signing if they sign Keeper because, like, honestly, um, not sure that this is the Keeper of the future. But, you know, that's where Bayern Munich are right now. They are, they are a team in big transition and it feels like this is probably the biggest overhaul of a squad overhaul that they have done in a long time, right? And the biggest... Um, yeah, kind of transition from one from one generation to another in some time as well, because I think like the likes of Thomas Müller and Manuel Neuer, I think we might see them going into the the dawn of their careers, and that is a big deal. Um, and I'm pretty sure that what Bayern fans will see on Saturday is is far from what this next Bayern era squad will look like. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So. I mean, in terms of this game itself, um, I do kind of feel like, you know, we've just talked about in terms of like, you know, you know, what could kind of happen in the turnover and stuff. I actually kind of feel like the lack of turnover might actually suit them quite well in this game in the sense that, you know, that started 11, even if it's like a Masrui at right back and maybe Benjamin Pavard's having to fill in his centre back and, you know, Goretzka's kind of relegated to the bench. And even if it's a Chopa Moting or Mateus Tell up front because Kane hasn't gone over the, over the line yet. I feel like that starting 11 that we're probably going to see still has probably more enough quality to match Leipzig and has the experience and the kind of chemistry that that Leipzig team just simply won't have. Um, and I do kind of think that that, you know, if you want to just talk about the actual football that might play for a moment, I do actually think if you kind of look at the lineups, Bayern probably still have more about them to win these kind of one-off games. The kind of discussions and the, the concerns I have over the squads are things that would play over the course of the season. You know, as we saw last season where the lack of a striker just completely consumed all narratives around that team. Even when they were playing perfectly fine, even when they are still at the top of the table, the fact that they didn't have a striker, the fact that they weren't scoring enough goals just completely derailed that entire team and ultimately led to Nagelsmann having to, you know, bring Chupa Moting into the starting lineup and then eventually lose his job. Um, but I, I do kind of feel like in a one-off game, even this kind of depleted Bayern team without Harry Kane probably should still have enough to beat Leipzig. I mean, last year was was an incredible match. What did it end? 5-3. Um, Leipzig coming back from 3-0 down at halftime, I think it was. It was it was an insane match and back and forward. Um, I do want to point out that Leipzig tend to do quite well um, at the Allianz Arena. Um, of course, they beat Bayern Munich on match day 33 opening the door for Dortmund to not <laughs> opening the door for Dortmund that Dortmund would not walk through in the end but um, uh, they do do quite well at the Allianz Arena and I actually you know the Super Cup is always a really fascinating match to watch um, you know because it is they, the, the teams are not the finished product they take it serious enough 
that it is does it's not quite like a test match either. You know what I mean? So I actually think that people should tune in because it will be a lot of fun to watch, and I think there will be lots of goals. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's what makes it quite fun. They don't really neither the teams really know what they're doing. They don't take a hundred percent seriously, so it is far more open. Um, but it still has a full house. It still has the fans on both sides trying to do what they can to kind of build up an atmosphere. Um, and yeah, it should actually make it a very interesting match. And you know, a, a good preview for what we could expect maybe from both teams uh, going forward. Absolutely, um, Stefan. Before we leave and wrap this up, um, our first show back, our first preview show of the year. I want to just point out that it's also the German Cup first round um, this weekend, starting actually on Friday. Um, and I just wanted to point out a few matches that I think people should tune into. And actually one game that I think is going to be really interesting is already tomorrow, Eintracht Braunschweig against Schalke. Um, depending where you live, I know in in Canada, they are in the zone in the US, they are on ESPN. I don't know who carries them in the UK, do you know? Oh, good question. Uh, or are it, they just on YouTube? Uh, no, it was um, that a Norwegian channel whose name I've completely forgotten. Um, they had the Scottish, they had the Scottish Cup rights as well, and they've actually since dropped them, or maybe the international games. So I'm not quite sure what's going on with that broadcaster right now. But um, yeah, in fact, if you give me one moment, if you keep talking for a moment, I'm sure I can actually find uh, out. I will just point out the matches that I think people should tune into. Yeah, <laughs> that you can figure out uh, where they can actually maybe watch it in the UK. But yeah, um, Friday, Eintracht Braunschweig against Schalke, two. Schalke, of course, a big team in German football in the second division. Braunschweig, um, a very historic side as well. Um, then going down the list on Sunday, Essen against Hamburger as well. Um, that's two very big traditional clubs as well. Essen, of course, um, in the heartland of German football in the in the Ruhrpott. And I expect the stadium to be um, completely sold out for this game. And um, Essen, the Stadion Essen, great atmosphere so definitely tune into that one also on Sunday a Bavarian derby that's Unterhaching against Augsburg Unterhaching back in the third division um, you know so that's definitely a game that I think people should tune into Augsburg um, making the short journey to Munich and then um, you go further down um, you know you have the likes of Jan Regensburg against Magdeburg and then of course the, the two Pokal matches that are delayed to September, and that's uh, Boys Münster got the big ticket in hosting Bayern Munich, and then Wien Wiesbaden have um, RB Leipzig, Stefan. Um, but yes, the first the first round of the German Cup is always, you know, the, there's always a, an upset or two, which I think is fascinating um, because some of these, I guess, especially for Bundesliga teams, because they have they're not yet in season, right? This is actually their first the first game of the year. So you always see like a couple Bundesliga teams go out at this stage and yeah, may there be many upsets. Yeah, I have since found out where they're, where it's on the UK. Um, Viaplay is actually showing it. It's, that's the broadcast I was talking about. They still have the rights, it would seem. And they're showing a decent amount, actually. They're showing the Gladbach and the Schalke game on Friday. They're showing the Stuttgart and the Bochum games on the Saturday before the Pokal, which will be on Sky Sports in the UK. Uh, and then on the Sunday, we have Hamburg, Frankfurt and Freiburg are all on Viaplay's channels. So... Yeah, fair play to them. They're giving us a full billing. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, there's some great games in there that you mentioned. And Pokal is always great fun. So it's a great way to kind of jump straight back into German football before the Bundesliga returns. Absolutely. And I have actually written something on the magic of the Pokal last 
last year as well for the Substack. So you can always find that um, as well on the Substack. So yeah, Stefan, uh, we're back. As always, this show is brought to you by Bet Online. Um, and if you are not a subscriber yet, I highly recommend checking out the Substack because we have two bonus shows um, a week. And then, of course, you and I each write a newsletter as well. So always, always worth checking out. Um, anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? Uh, no, just to say that next week we'll be doing our big previews to the Bundesliga. We're going to do one half on the Monday uh, and then the other half on the bonus show on the Thursday, which one-off will make available to all subscribers. Um, and we'll have the Transfer Roundup show as normal and the preview show as well. Yeah, maybe the Transfer Roundup show will be about my next uh, striker target. Or not. <laughs> Stay tuned to find out. <laughs> we'll be back soon. Until then, auf Wiedersehen. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.